0: Based on the delightful stories of Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougar. Starring Miss Ball with Richard Denning. drop in on the Cougats this morning, we find them still upstairs getting dressed. Liz is just asking George a question which proves how essential man is to woman. For as independent as women like to think they are, there's still one time when they have to turn to a man and say...
1: Darling, will you button me up the back, please?
0: All right.
1: What are you thinking about?
2: (laughs) Women's clothes.
1: What's the matter with them?
2: Well, they're so silly. You couldn't even wear this dress if you didn't have a husband to button it for you.
1: Oh, that's it. I knew husbands must be good for something. Oh, yeah? Oh, George! (laughs) What's the matter?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can't a husband kiss his wife anymore?
1: Oh, not on the back of the neck. It gives me duck bumps.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, they're big ones. There's one with ears on it.
1: That's my head. (laughs) Aren't you through buttoning me yet?
2: Yes, but this dress is made all wrong. Why? Well, there's a button left over at the top and an extra buttonhole at the bottom.
1: George, here, do me again.
2: All right. Oh, uh, I forgot to tell you, the Atterburys are giving a party tomorrow night.
1: Well, this is a fine time to tell me. I won't have time to shop.
2: Shop? For what? You've got a whole closet full of clothes.
1: It just seems that way to you, George. I was just looking through them, and you know what? I, I haven't, haven't got, got a thing to, to wear. How'd you know I was going to say that?
2: Well, you say it every time we're invited to a party.
1: Oh, I do not. There have been dozens of parties when I didn't want a new dress. Name one. All right. How about the... Well, there was a nice... Night... Well, the party that... I better get your socks for you.
2: Don't change the subject. You just tell me why you can't wear that green dress I like so
1: much? I just can't, that's all. The same people will be there and they've seen it. Wait,
2: you mean you won't wear a dress just because the people there have seen it once? No, I won't. Well, that's settled. Next year, I'm going to buy you one dress and get 52 different sets of friends.
1: <laughs> oh, George, you've made it funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I never did like that dress.
2: I don't get it. In one week's time, a dress goes from, George, wait till you see my beautiful new dress to that old rag.
1: Ah, you're exaggerating.
2: Well, maybe.
1: Say, how about that new black
2: dress you bought last week?
1: What, that old rag?
2: You see what I mean. Come here, Liz. I want to look in your closet with you.
1: George.
2: What? Kiss me. Oh, no. That's like a down payment on a new dress. (laughs) We'll we'll go through your closet first. (laughs) Now, Liz, look at all those dresses.
1: You see? There's not a thing I can wear.
2: Well, what about this red one?
1: Color's all wrong for me. With my red hair and that red dress, I look like I'm peeking out of a carrot.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: all right. Well, how about this one?
1: Too short for the new style.
2: No. No, you can't win. Now, wait a minute. Now, what's the matter with this? It's certainly long enough. The color's fine, and it... It looks just as smart as any of these others.
1: All right, George. I'll wear it. Yeah.
2: Now, why couldn't you have thought of wearing it yourself?
1: Because it happens to be my nightgown. <laughs> you know, it's too bad it isn't a New Year's Eve party. Then all I need would be some ribbon. Ribbon? Yeah, I'd wrap it around my middle and go as 1949.
2: <laughs> oh, go ahead. You, you, you might start a new
1: fashion. Oh, <laughs> uh, George, the Atterbury's parties are always so swanky. If I don't get a new dress, you, you'll just have to go without me.
2: Yeah, and if I buy you a new dress, you'll have to go without me. I'll be home taking in washing.
1: <laughs> oh, why don't you work in a dress shop instead of a bank? Then I could wear a dress and take it back. Too bad you can't bring money home on approval.
2: Well, I guess I'd better get dressed for work Oh, dear What's the matter? I simply can't go to work today Why not? Well, oh, what'll I wear?
1: Now, George Cougat
2: Well, certainly not the blue suit All the boys have seen it
1: That's not funny
2: Well, I'll ask Mr. Atterbury to refer me to another bank Where they won't sneer at me
1: Now, stop that I'll tickle you. (laughs) (laughs) Cut it out. (laughs) Do I get the new dress? (laughs) No. Listen, I'm gonna wear a new dress to that party if I have to make it myself. Hey,
2: now wait a minute. Now there's a sensible idea.
1: I was only kidding. I couldn't make a dress.
2: Now why not? The pioneer women did.
1: Well, you should have married a pioneer woman.
2: No, I'm serious. Now, why don't modern women pattern themselves after the pioneers?
1: For the same reason you don't ride to work in a covered wagon.
2: Oh, that's different. Why, those women not only made their own clothes, they sheared the wool right off the sheep and wove it into cloth.
1: You're right, George. I should be ashamed of myself. Hmm. On the way home from the bank, pick me up a couple of sheep.
3: Go
2: ahead. Kid your way out of it.
1: Oh... You don't think I could make a dress if I wanted to, do you? Frankly, no. All right. Just for that, George Cougott, I'll do it. By the time you come home tonight, I'll have on the dress I'm wearing to the Atterbury's party. (laughs) Well, Katie, I'm all ready to make my new dress. Well, oh, I didn't know you knew how to sell, Mrs. Cougar. Well, I didn't this morning, but I've been reading a book on it. Let's see now. All I have to do is face the binding, pink the plackets, gather the peplums, and yoke the pleats.
3: <laughs>
1: what does all that mean? I haven't the slightest idea. How do you like the material? Oh, let's see. Oh, it's beautiful. I love purple. Do you think I bought enough for a dress? How much did you buy? Twenty-five yards. You only need three yards for a dress. Oh really? Well, I I, I wanted to make a wide hem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're going to need my help, Mrs. Coolgard. Uh, where's your pattern? Well, here's the envelope with a picture on the front, but they forgot to put the pattern in. Really? Yeah. When I opened it, there was nothing inside but a lot of tissue paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pattern. Oh. Yes, you see, this piece says front. And this one says back. Oh, yes. This is for the arm. Here's one for the neck. Uh, what part of me is my butterick? That's the name of the pattern maker. Oh. You pin this pattern onto the material and cut around it. Oh, I remember now. I did it in high school. (laughs) I started out to make a dress, and I changed it to an apron, and it ended up as a dishcloth look so hard. Let's see now. See, I'll lay the material out on the table and spin the pattern on there, and then I cut around it. <laughs> Gee, this stuff is harder to cut than I thought. Oh, well, no wonder you forgot to unfold the material. <laughs> oh Well, I wonder what I can do with eight sleeves. Let's see, now, do I know any octopuses? Oh, I think you still have enough material. Well, you better cut it, Katie. I'll sew it. Hurry up. There. Everything's all cut. All right. I guess I'll sew the blouse together first. Whee! This is fun you will just stitch it up here and go over here, then across here, hold out my hand and make a left turn and go down here. Hmm, there we are, all ready to try on. Well, i just slip it over my... What happened? <laughs> Where'd everybody go? <laughs> hey, Katie, did you turn off the light? No, ma'am. Oh, then I sewed up the hair for the neck. I think you sewed up the armholes, too. Oh, Katie. (laughs) Oh, look. I didn't even try, and I made a beautiful purple (laughs) pillowcase. Congratulations. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll have to cut it open across the top. Hand me the scissors. Oops. Oh, well, that makes it strapless. (laughs) Maybe I can fix it by cutting along here, huh? Oh, that's enough. Oh. Oh, now it's strapless and backless. Oh, Katie, there isn't enough material left to make a French bathing suit. Oh, now, don't feel too bad, Mrs. Cougar. We'll fix it some way. Oh, it's hopeless and you know it. You know, it would serve George right if I wore it to the party anyway. That I'd like to see. Hey, that's not such a bad idea. I think I'll do it wear that to the party? No, no, but I'll tell George I'm going to, and he'll be so ashamed he'll insist I buy a new
3: dress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) He's all settled down in the living room with his paper, Mrs. Cougat. Are you ready? I think so. Does it look bad enough, Katie? Let me see. Oh, you look... Thank you, thank you. I've done everything I can to mess it up. Oh, that was a wonderful idea, making a blouse out of the tablecloth. Well, the jam stain matches the purple material. And how did you ever think of pinning the sleeves to the bottom of the skirt? Oh, it, it just came to me in a mad moment. Look what I found for a belt. I hooked together a pair of George's old garters. Wonderful. Go in and see what he says. All right. Now we'll see how he likes a pioneer woman for a wife. George. Yes, dear? Put down the paper. I want to show you something. Yeah. This is the dress I made. I'm going to wear it to Atterbury's party. Well? Liz. What's the matter, George? You look surprised.
2: I certainly am. I never dreamt you could make a dress that nice. (laughs) What's the matter?
1: You think this dress is pretty. It is not. It's awful.
2: Okay, it's
1: awful. (laughs) Now what? I slave all day making a dress, and you think it's awful.
2: Oh, honey, I I was (laughs) just trying not to insult your work. Oh. Now, now, come over here and sit on my lap.
1: All right.
2: And that's it. Now, put your head on my shoulder and rest a minute.
1: Do you love me, George?
2: Of course I do.
1: Say it. Well,
2: don't you know I do without my saying it?
1: No. No, I want to hear it. Say you love me, George.
2: You love me, George. <laughs> oh, you... <laughs> Stop blowing in my ear. That tickles. <laughs>
1: hey, George, it sounds empty in there. Oh, it does not. It does, too. Here, hold a match by your other ear, and I'll see if I can blow it out from this side.
2: Oh, Liz, you are an idiot.
1: I know, but I'm pretty, huh? <laughs>
2: you know, it's a lucky thing for you. The marriage contract doesn't con- contain a sanity clause. Oh,
1: George, there is no sanity clause. <laughs>
2: I give up. I, I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing about your dress,
1: dear. It, it is a horrible looking dress, isn't it?
2: Uh am I supposed to say yes? Uh-huh. Yes.
1: Well, I'm so glad you think so, dear, because now you see I couldn't possibly wear it to the party, so I'll just have to buy a new one, won't I, huh? No. Oh. Well, George, I can't go to the party in an old dress. The other women will talk about me and I and I'll become moody and depressed. During the evening, I'll get so despondent, I'll just jump off the roof. Let me off your lap, you murderer. Oh, Liz. After all, George, the least you could do is buy me a new dress to be buried in.
2: My little heart is bleeding for you, but the answer is still N-O.
1: Oh, George got you make me so M-A-D.
2: Well, you'll get over it in T-I-M-E, dear.
1: Did it work? No. Now What? Well, George will skin me alive if he finds out, but I'm going to buy a new dress without telling him. Well, how can you do that? By turning to a girl's dearest and closest friend, the charge account.
2: Good morning, Mr. Atterbury. Oh, morning, George boy. Going to be able to make it to our little party? Yes, sir. We'll be there, Mr. Atterbury. Ah. (laughs) Of course,
0: Liz will be dressed in rags. Oh, I get it, boy. (laughs) I had the same trouble. Iris wanted a new dress, too. But I put my foot down. I said, what do you think I am, The president of a bank? But you are. Huh? Oh, yes, that's right, I am. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't mind buying clothes for Iris if she were normal size. But she's so darn big. It would be cheaper to have a reupholster. I guess she is sort of pleasingly plump, sir. Pleasingly plump? Listen, boy, around the holidays, it's dangerous for her to lie down with an apple in her mouth.
2: (laughs) Uh, It must be some job supplying her with clothes. Job?
0: Uh, It's a project. And she has so many of them. You should see her clothes closet. It looks like a long roll pup tent. I'll bet she has no idea what's in there
2: Well, Liz is the same way You know, I'll bet I could wrap up one of her old dresses
0: and give it to her And she wouldn't even recognize it Cougar boy, you've given me a great idea Look, we'll take one of Liz's old dresses and give it to Iris And then we'll take one of Iris's old dresses and give it to Liz And I'll bet they'll never know the difference You you mean they'll think we bought? (laughs) Why, sure (laughs) You know, that might
2: work Yeah Oh, but wait, they aren't the same size. Oh,
0: listen, Iris will be so flattered at getting a small size, she won't say a word. Oh, she'll have a dressmaker fix it. Uh, But what about Liz? Well, we'll give her a real old dress of my wife, so old it's back in style again. One that Iris wore about ten years ago, before the dam broke. (laughs) I'll do it, Mr. Atterbury. Go on. Uh, now, let's be cagey about this Now, you go to Sylvester's, that's the swankiest store in town And get a couple of empty boxes, you see Then we'll put the dresses in
1: Well, oh, hi, Marge, I finally made it Oh, where have you been? You're an hour late Oh, I'm sorry, have you been waiting long? Oh, uh, no, no, I just got here That if I'd been on time, Liz, you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, I had to run an errand. Oh. What's that thing over your arm? That? Oh, it's sort of a kind of a dress. I made it myself. For Halloween? No, no, it's the real dress. I took it to the dressmakers to see if she could do anything with it. What'd she say? I don't know. She couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on, Liz. Let's go shopping. Where are we start? Oh, I don't care. I just want to buy a gown. Liz, let's go in here. Sylvester's Salon. Sylvester's? Oh, no. That's too snooty and so expensive, Marge. Well, let's just go in and look around. I've never been in there. Well, I, I guess that won't hurt. My. It's impressive in here. Ooh, and look at the rugs. They're so thick and gooey. (laughs) You sink right into them. My goodness, what was that? Liz, look. The walls are opening. There's a man standing there. Oh, no, not with a spotlight on him. Gee, I wonder who he is. I am Liz. I'm Marge. Well? Uh, we'd like to look at some dresses. You mean creation. All right, I mean creation. Uh, Before
4: I can show you a thing, I'll have to give you a loyalty test.
1: (laughs) A loyalty test?
4: Yes. Raise your right hand and answer this question. Are you now, or have you ever been a shopper in Macy's basement? Uh,
1: no, I haven't either.
4: Welcome to Sylvester. Oh, thank
1: okay.
4: you. Now, what kind of a dress did you have in mind?
1: Well, um, uh, what do you have for around seventy-five dollars?
4: Take a good look around the store. All right. That will be seventy-five dollars. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, we want to see something more expensive, really. I, I was only joking. I <laughs> hope so.
4: <clears throat> now, uh, here's one of my latest a dinner gown by Sylvester. Oh,
1: what kind of material is that?
4: The French call it le top fromage.
1: Oh, cheesecloth.
4: <laughs> it suffers in the translation.
3: <laughs> it's priced
4: at $450. Four.
1: dollars h- must have been imported cheese.
4: <laughs> the price comes from the fact that I, Sylvester, created it. Without my label, the dress is worth 50 cents.
1: Well, rip out the label. Here's 50
4: cents. <laughs> <Yeesh>. <laughs> Perhaps you'll be interested in this green gown with the sequin top. It's marked down.
1: Oh, are you having a sale? No,
4: no, but it's been damaged. The clerk carried it from the stock room without wearing her gloves.
1: No Yes Well, gee, it is sort of pretty How much is it?
4: Well, I wouldn't want it to get around that I'm selling anything this cheap
0: But it's $375
1: Oh, well, I won't tell a soul It's too much (laughs) But the green goes so
4: beautifully with your red hair No And it'll make your gorgeous figure even more alluring No To say nothing of the lines which would make you look ten years younger
1: Mmm... Yeah... No. I didn't think I'd make it.
4: Okay, well, I have a gown you can't possibly resist. I'll be right back. With
1: you. Oh, Marge, I hate these exclusive shops. Well, you pay for the label. Well, whoever sees it. You can't walk along with your head bent down holding the label up for people to see it. <laughs> Why don't they put it on the outside if it means so much? Oh, Liz, you're so silly. You know, you know, I'll bet Sylvester could put his label in this monstrosity that I made and sell it for a huge price. I wouldn't be surprised. Liz, what are you doing? Oh, quiet, I'm taking the label off this cheesecloth creation of his. I'm going to pin it on my dress and just see how much Sylvester thinks it's worth. Well, hurry up, because here he okay. comes. Now,
4: yeah. ah, here we are. Now, isn't this just devastating?
1: Yes, yes, but, um... I'd like to ask you about this little number here. This one with the purple skirt. How much is it, please?
4: Uh, let me see. Uh, oh, that's one of my masterpieces.
1: <laughs> it is.
4: Oh, naturally, no one but Sylvester could create such a dress.
1: Want a bet? <laughs>
4: yeah, notice the clever way the blouse is made from uh, genuine empty tablecloth. That's,
1: that's very interesting. Uh, what's that spot? Strawberry jam?
4: I should say not. That's there to break up the monotony of the white. Uh, it's a print.
1: Oh, really? That's the first print I've ever seen with seeds on it.
4: Uh, they're hand applique.
1: Oh. Uh, that's a very interesting belt, too.
4: Is it a belt? Yes. It's cleverly made of uh, men's garters. <laughs>
1: It's a French import, March. It is? Yes, it is. So how did you know? Oh, it's right here. See on the garter, it says Paris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sylvester, I played a joke on you. Do you know who really made that dress? Sylvester,
4: creator of the world's finest dresses.
1: No, Cougat, creator of the world's finest messes. Liz! <laughs> Liz, look, coming in the door. George, oh, George, my goodness, what's he doing here? Oh, I can't him see me. Is there a back door here? Oh, yes. Come on, Marge, let's get scared. Well, what about your old dress? Oh, who cares? Let him keep the thing. Come on, hey, let's but, get out of here. Hey, wait, hey, come back. On. This would look stunning on
0: you. <laughs> Tourist. I beg
2: your pardon Oh, you frightened me <laughs> Sorry, uh, say, I'd like to buy uh, two empty boxes Empty boxes? Well, all right, here's you right here That'll
4: be $25 a piece What? Twi- say, I've got a surprise for you I'll give you a dollar Yeah, i got a surprise for you I'll take it <laughs> This is, <this> is lousy <laughs>
1: Oh, he's home, Mrs. Cougat He just got out of the car Katie, does he have a box from Sylvester's? Yeah. Oh, the darling, just as I thought He bought me a new dress for the party Oh, Katie, he's such a wonderful husband Liz! Liz, where are you? Oh, hi, dear, you're home early
2: Here I've got a surprise for you, a present.
1: Oh, George, from Sylvester's.
2: Yeah, you know, that snooty, expensive dress salon.
1: Yes, I've heard of it. I can hardly wait to see what it's like. Oh, it's so exciting. Oh, George, it's lovely. It's stunning. It's Iris Atterbury's old dress.
2: (laughs) What makes you say that?
1: I've seen her wear it.
2: When? When?
1: Thursday night, May 12th,
2: 1938. Oh, now, Liz.
1: She walked into the country club dance at 8.33 p.m.
2: Well, how can you remember that?
1: How can I forget it? She walked in the door with Alice Sturm, who was wearing a blue Taffa Deforma with a pink jacket and some tiny Cerise flowers tucked into the yellow sash.
2: I give up. Oh, it was a joke, Liz. Mr. Atterbury and I were trying to prove that women don't remember each other's clothes. See, I was going to give him one of your dresses to give to his wife.
1: Oh, and I thought you were being so wonderful. And now I have no dress to wear.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Well, I I just can't go to the Atterbury's, that's all.
2: Well, we've got to go. No! Well, it's my fault, Liz. I, I disappointed you, so I guess I'll have to buy you a new dress.
1: Well, George, if you insist... Uh, there's one I like at Sylvester's.
0: Sylvester. Yes,
1: it's green with sequins. Hurry up, not before they close. Hurry up, guys. Hurry
3: up.
2: Honey, I'm back.
1: Oh, let me open it. Let me open it. Uh,
2: I didn't get you the green dress. Sylvester helped me pick out a prettier one.
1: Oh, I can hardly wait to see it. Oh,
2: oh. Well. How do you like it?
1: Why, it's lovely. Just what I've always wanted. A a purple dress with strawberry jam on the blouse.
2: (laughs) Oh, honey, don't cry. I I know it's the dress you made. (laughs) Sylvester just wanted to get easy with
1: you. Very funny.
2: I bought the dress you wanted, too.
1: Oh, you did? Oh, George, you're wonderful. Oh, George. Oh, you know, you're my favorite husband.
0: Liz and George will return in just a moment. Our Constitution
5: is a flexible document. It has changed with the changing years to meet changed conditions. An example is the way in which we elect our United States Senators. When the Constitution was ratified, and for 125 years thereafter, the people could not elect their own Senators. Instead, the Senators were chosen by the state legislatures. The Founding Fathers believed in democracy, but they did not want their new republic to be wrecked by irresponsible mob rule. Democracy was a new form of government. Most of the voters had little knowledge and less experience in governing themselves. And so the Constitution provided that while the people could elect their representatives to Congress, they could not elect their senators directly. A century and a quarter of experience in self-government made such a safeguard against mob rule obsolete. And by 1912, the people were ready to demand the right to elect their senators by popular vote. They received this right in the 17th Amendment to our Constitution. This amendment illustrates how our Constitution lives and grows in our changing world to the end that this country of yours and mine shall be our country under God.
1: George, are you asleep yet?
2: Yes, I am.
1: Well, wake up. I want to ask you something. What is it? George, what what are you giving me for Christmas?
2: I'm not going to tell you.
1: Oh, come on. Can I have three guesses?
2: Okay. But just three, no more.
1: All right. Mink coat, mink coat, mink coat. You know, I had
2: a hunch that was what you wanted.
1: what made you think that?
2: Well, when I looked in the bathroom mirror this morning, somebody had squeezed out toothpaste to spell mink. No. Yes. So you know what I'm going to get you? What? A new tube of toothpaste.
3: Oh.
1: Oh.
5: My favorite husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.